0: Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking all about the newest update to Sea of Thieves that brings in a slew of new cosmetics, as well as a new event just around the corner. All that and more in this week's episode of Hauled Podcast. Of course, this episode wouldn't be nearly as special to me if it wasn't for the Patreons over at the Kielhald Podcast Patreon page. If you'd like to join, you can always get your name on the podcast at the $5 tier or the $10 tier if you want to become a crow's nest or captain. With that, I want to thank... Chateau Neuf, Lumpy SRQ, Registella, Rust Belt Kid, El Jefe Esteban, TN Professor, Todd Meister, Big Bad Pad, Mina Ferry, Davram, Chris Johnson, a.k.a. Super Pack, and Frank F. Peterson, as well as Cosmic Johnson and Kazia the Rogue. Thank you all so much for everything that you all do for the podcast and all of the uh, the benefits that come with it. And if you don't know there's going to be a special Patreon episode next week that will be the end of the month culmination of what people are thinking. Uh, I'm putting some feelers out there for them to let me know what they want to talk about and then we will do a special episode uh, for the episode or for the February 28th episode. So thank you all so much for that and your continued support. If you'd like to join again, notes have all of the information just over to the show notes you'll find the link and Support me. Thanks. Seven weeks. That's it. That's all we've got left. Seven weeks left in season one. Doesn't feel like much, but it's less than two months at this point. So I'm curious. I hope all of you are enjoying your time so well with season one. I am in my 50s for my renown level at the moment, and I'm just kind of taking it slow just kind of savoring each little bit so that I've got the next seven weeks to get the last half of the season completed and I'm curious how you're all doing I'm sure a lot of you are finished up with it Uh, I did get a question in from the email the way you can send an email in to me is at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com the question was what happens after renown level 100 does it keep going what are the uh, rewards Uh, because i haven't hit that i can't adequately answer that outside of what i've heard from other folks who've said that it keeps track it just doesn't give you any additional rewards so that's kind of what i assumed considering so much of the season pass is free with just the 11 items that are tied to the plunder pass uh once you complete that hundred you're pretty good at uh at at completing uh pretty pretty safe to not have to worry about what's going to happen after that i did want to touch a little bit on the season pass because thanks to people's republic in the discord he cued me on to the larry hub podcast which i usually listen to uh since he only does it on youtube i have to usually do that when i'm at home but this last week i've actually been so Tied into uh, what's been going on with gaming and stuff and music that I really just I haven't really sat down to listen to too many podcasts this week. I usually listen to a ton of podcasts at work, but for whatever reason, I got on this really big grunge kick and I just started diving into 90s metal and uh, rock and grunge. And as a result, I'm really behind on a lot of my podcasts, but I'm still having a good time. So I wanted to bring that up because uh, on the last half of the Larry Hub podcast, uh, Larry had Joe Neat on, which is a coveted person to be able to get onto an interview. So I was really surprised by that. First off, uh, congrats, Larry, to being able to, to grab Joe and get him on the podcast to talk about the game. And for the most part, it was pretty par for the course for an interview. You know, it was kind of touching base on what Sea of Thieves is, how it's grown, uh, some of the things that they've done, some of the accomplishments that they've had, some of the anecdotes that they've they've seen on the seas and things like that. And I think the thing that really kind of uh, surprised us was the discussion about seasons. Towards the end of the interview, uh, Larry was asking Joe how seasons was going, and Joe dove into... A little bit of information, nothing too surprising, but uh, kind of a confirmation that they're really happy with the way that Seasons is going, that the design for Seasons was intended to allow everyone to kind of play the way they want to play, which I think is the sentiment across the board from most of the community. A lot of us have agreed that the thing that we enjoy the most about the season pass is that you don't really have to go out of your way to do things to complete it. A lot of the stuff that you do on a regular basis counts towards that renown and it's nice to hear from uh, joe talking about how they are already working on the next few seasons worth of content they already kind of know what points they want to hit with the story the pillars that are going to be uh, big important things that happen with each season and the events that coincide with that and that feels great because uh we've we've been seeing some changes in the sea you know along with the fishing event that's coming up and the champions of the souls event I think is the still weird name for it but that has all uh kind of started or come and gone and I'm happy with where we're at with seasons and it's nice to know that with the coming seasons they plan on addressing more story which I think we kind of all knew that they probably would. Uh, They've been talking a lot about how this year is going to be a really amazing year, just based on some of the stuff uh, that I've seen with how season is rolling out, as well as the events to kind of keep people engaged. I think this will probably do really well. Uh, But let's get into a little bit about what is going on in the game right now. I wanted to, this is going to be kind of hard to talk about because uh, I'm going to be jumping around from place to place. So if I lose you, I apologize. I'm trying to touch on everything that came with this update, but also talking about the impact that it's having in the world. So I wanted to start off uh from the get-go and kind of say that uh there's been some changes in the game, which if you have friends in the game that are always scouring stuff and they tell you, then you kind of find out through them. But some of you might have actually noticed this on your own and noticed that Duke is no longer wear he usually is. He's no longer over at the Laguna Whispers with Umbra. He's actually over at Mermaid's Hideaway. And you might be wondering, well, what's he doing over there? Well, that's really interesting to talk to him about, because if you go over to Mermaid's Hideaway, at the top of the island, there is actually a hole with a ladder that if you drop down onto, there's a little dock and a watering hole. Underneath there, many of you have probably ventured in there and found that there are actually mermaid statues. It's actually a little bit of a cave system with some tributes to the mermaid uh, race we still don't know anything about them outside of the mermaid curses and them helping us off our ships and mermaid's hideaway has always been one of those places where there's a bit of ancient mystery without much context and we're not really sure what's going on over there but we do know that it's a Pretty good place to look. Uh, if you read the outside books or uh, comics, things like that, then you know that in that area and also around uh, Golden Sands Outpost, there's a lot of lore that has taken place over in that zone. So for Duke to be over there, it can only uh, signal that something is going to be happening with Mermaid's Hideaway. And I wanted to find out kind of what was going on. So I headed over there uh, and talked to him about what he was doing there and i asked him you know he he greets you and he says oh hello i didn't didn't expect to meet anyone else here don't mind me and i said okay well what are you doing out here he says chasing legends searching for treasure that'll help me find the answers i'm seeking assuming it even exists that's why i didn't tell umbra about my trip i couldn't bear it if she thought i'd been taken for a fool again I didn't expect you to believe, I don't expect you to believe me, but something big is happening and I'm going to get to the bottom of it once and for all. So this is a really interesting chain of dialogue from him, chasing legends. Okay, well, what what kind of legends do we have in Sea of Thieves? We've got Flameheart, Flameheart Jr., uh, Ramses, the Gold Hoarder. Those are the known legends that we have in in the Sea of Thieves lore. So, what kind of legends is he chasing? We already know where Ramses is. He's in the pirate legend or pirate lord or legend tavern. Uh, we already know where the gold hoarder is. He's dead, but he's probably not gone forever. Uh, we already know where Flameheart is. He's up in the sky. Uh, he's been resurrected as a spirit, so or his soul's been released, so he can kind of bring ships in from the ferry of the dam. But. There's other legends out there, the Flameheart Jr. legend, where Flameheart Jr. came to the Sea of Thieves, Uh, he lost his ship near Golden Sands Outpost, and subsequently beached himself on an island uh, where he went into a cave with his crew and uh, ended up finding a chalice that was placed there by the captain. And the chalice then turned he and his crew into skeletons or skeleton lords maybe we don't quite know for sure and we don't quite know why and that's the big question for me is why was captain flameheart junior turned to skeleton and what was the point of it for the captain the captain as we know was the the mentor for captain flameheart the original so he's an old soul and has been around for a very long time but we don't know much else other than that except that the captain is looking to use flameheart jr for some reason and with that knowledge when i look to what duke is doing on mermaid's hideaway and he says chasing legends searching for a treasure that'll help me find the answers i'm seeking assuming it even exists well if the only flameheart jr legend is the only one that we really don't understand much about and he's chasing that legends and he's searching for a treasure that maybe that treasure is the chalice that turned Captain Flameheart Jr. into a skeleton. And if you don't believe me, take a look at any of the iconography over at Reaper's Bones Hideout. It's very prominent. If you head into the middle of the hideout, a lot of chalices sitting around, a lot of chalice icons in skeleton ruins. So what is it that Duke is searching for? Is he looking to become Flameheart Jr., a skeleton lord Is he trying to find Flameheart Jr. to try and get him to ally with us? And for what means to stop his father, to stop the gold hoarders, maybe to put an end to the skeleton feud between Gray Morrow and Flameheart is really interesting. And he says here, I didn't want to tell Umbra about my trip. I couldn't bear it if she thought I'd been taken for a fool again. What's he referring to that? He's referring to when he was taken for a fool by Stitcher Jim. So so to me, that suggests that Stitcher Jim is not helping Duke at this point. He doesn't know where Stitcher Jim is. They're not talking. So if he's chasing a legend and he's doing so on his own free will, then how did he find out about this, this legend? How did he find out about this treasure? Who told him about this stuff? and that's the big question to me is is we have these legends and we have these stories but how much of that is known to other people in the sea of thieves we know about it because of the book so obviously we're a little removed and kind of clued into the story through uh external means but is duke privy to that kind of information and if he is how did he find out about that and if so where is that person who told him or that that way of telling him uh if it's one thing that has been kind of a mystery to me that still kind of reeks of some nefarious plays the mass strangers workshop over on uh, wanderers refuge there's a lot in there that really doesn't speak much to what is going on with wanda and what she plans on doing we knew that she wanted to try and reignite the the ashen lords and free flame heart senior but outside of that not a lot is being talked about what's going on with all the stuff that she was tinkering around with over there because she messed around with a lot of stuff a lot of cursed cannonball stuff and created her own fleet as a result and introduced cursed cannonballs to the sea of thieves so i worry when duke says he's out here chasing legends searching for a treasure that'll help him find the answers he's seeking what answers is he looking to get what question is he asking how can he stop what he helped create how can he stop flameheart and if so if he's chasing the legend of flameheart jr and he's looking to find the treasure associated with that is he talking about flameheart junior's ship is he talking about the cursed chest that flameheart found that attracted the kraken that caused their ship to sink uh and then subsequently caused them to find this island where they found that cave that caused them to turn into skeleton lords or skeletons in general through the chalice that captain had it's it's all very interesting to me, and I'm very curious what he's asking, and why aren't we asking the same questions, and what is he chasing that we aren't aware of? So these are just some of the things that I thought would be really fun to talk about. Uh, these are some of the questions I think everyone should be asking, because I think in the coming year, or maybe in the next year or so, uh, it could be leaning more towards finding out if Captain Flameheart jr is coming to sea of thieves is in sea of thieves already and we don't know it or is hiding somewhere we know that my chapman has talked about how flameheart jr is sleeping or slumbering or maybe that was flameheart i know there's been some discussion around that already so i i want to know where that story's going the opposite side of this if you wanted to argue is that duke is trying to find out how the heck we can get more information about the merfolk Obviously, Mermaid's Hideaway, the name itself, suggests that there's a hidden secret to be had from the mermaid folks, or that is a place where they used to hide away from people in general. I'm curious if there's any correlation between him, uh, where he's at in the actual island, where he's just above the hole, uh, or in the hole that's just above where the actual uh, mermaid statue on Mermaid's Hideaway is and if that plays any role into understanding more about the mermaid statues that are in the game all right pirates so the next thing that i wanted to talk about that's changing in the world are the outposts if you've listened to last week and You've seen some of the things that are going around. There is now a bunch of debris akin to what was going on over at the uncharted Isle before it became the Reaper's Hideout, where the killer whale used to rest. And the sorry, the the wreckage of the killer whale. Not to confuse people, if they don't know, there's no whales in Sea of Thieves, as far as we know. But with the outposts having new bits of uh, wood and a broken cart next to all that wood and debris. It's clear that someone has staked some claim on each of the islands now, or I guess the outposts, not to confuse anyone, not the islands, but the actual outposts. And the only reason I can think of this because it's happening on all of them is that we are getting a new shop and or trade company. Now I'm going to go on a bit of a stretch here. So this is all speculation. I don't have any confirmation of anything, but these are my thoughts on what's actually going down over there. I've had a lot of them. I've kind of narrowed it down for the sake of the podcast to talk about what I think is going on. To do that, I'm going to have to take us over real quick to the Pirate Emporium and some speculation here. This event brought in with it the new Tinkerer's set, which I actually really love this Tinkerer set. I don't know if many of you have gotten a chance to check it out. If you have, then you've noticed that the Tinkers set is kind of a green and red motif. But a lot of it is uh steampunk or kind of um wheels and pulleys levers it's designed to kind of emulate a lot of what people do when you kind of kit bash stuff together which if you're not familiar with kit bashing it's when you take uh, multiple parts of different models and put them together i uh, think star wars the death star the model that they used was all parts of battleship parts from model kits that they piece together to make it look like a big landscape where uh, they they have a whole bunch of uh tech and stuff so really interesting stuff I love that kind of kind of piecing together things to make something else Uh, in fact a lot of people that make custom amiibos if you remember how how interesting amiibos used to be for Nintendo a lot of people do custom amiibos uh, or custom amiibos where they make characters or different styles of characters from uh amiibos and they just cut them up and glue them together and put some uh uh, 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 molding clay on them and then kind of fashion their own thing all super interesting I really love that I don't know if anyone else does but that's just something I had to had to detour on but the the rogue tinkerer collection uh, is now in the pirate emporium kind of a bummer I wish it wasn't but I you know I'll get it eventually and the interesting thing about this is this is a set that I think for the first time in the Pirate Emporium's existence, I think this might be the first set that comes to the game that directly impacts the story of the game. Uh, a lot of the cosmetics that come to see use in the Pirate Emporium are kind of one-offs. They're introductions of interesting sets that they just wanted to add to add some flavor to the, the cosmetics. You know, They came up with an idea, they fleshed it out, they sold it on the Emporium. It doesn't really change the story of the game uh this i think is the first time where i'm going to say that the pirate emporium is teasing what's coming down the line for sea of thieves and by that i'm talking about all of the outposts getting a new style of shop and this is this is where i'm kind of hesitant to to think about like what kind of shop it is I do think it is a type of shop but I also think it is a reputation and I don't know if this is necessarily a reputation in the form of like a trade company I'd be very interested to see if it is because I have some thoughts on how that could actually work out but I think we're going to get the tinkers on outposts and if you remember This is something that has always been a part of Sea of Thieves. So you may look at this and think, oh my gosh, they're bringing gnomes to Sea of Thieves. This is ridiculous. Get your World of Warcraft junk out of my game. And I have to remind you, Shane, from the first ship on the uh, Magpie's wing with Ramsey, he was a tinkerer. He was... Probably the first major tinkerer that the Sea of Thieves actually had. He was the one that crafted the cannons that allowed us to be able to shoot outside of, uh, shoot ourselves from them. He was the one that helped craft the chests and the keys for all of the chests in the game that are unlocked by the gold hoarders. He has spent his entire life playing and tinkering around with different things in the game to add functionality or give us ways to do things. And I think that that has inspired a set of pirates who want to set up shop at the outposts the tinkerers maybe even just the rogue tinkerers because as i look at their cosmetics it looks like something from the weapons shop or the equipment shop but there's no indication that they have the same iconography with those as they do the the weapon or the uh, uh, the actual equipment shop, it's very different. So when I look at that and I think, what could they be building on every outpost? I think a rogue tinkerer shop. And you might be wondering, well, what the heck is a rogue tinkerer shop going to do? You know, are we going to be building, you know, uh, trebuchets on islands to to fling ourselves even further from the islands to ships instead of cannons? It's like, nah, I don't know about that. But I started to think, what are the things in the game? That we can't sell well we can sell cannonballs we can sell wood we can sell uh fruit we can sell chests we can sell gems we can sell chests uh that open we can sell kegs the things that we can't really play around with and sell are throwables cursed cannonballs uh and probably one or two other things storage crates i think we still can't sell storage storage crates so not not a whole lot but I was thinking and actually no I take that back we can sell fireballs uh because you can throw those into a crate and sell those to the merchants so blunder bombs and cursed cannonballs so I was trying to think like what could a tinkerer do if they had magical items cursed cannonballs uh blunder bombs powder kegs wood things like that to tinker around with and I was thinking what better way to end your night If you've got a whole bunch of cursed cannonballs that you can't do anything with, or maybe you want to get some cursed cannonballs before you head out and you set foot off of the uh, outpost and go out sailing, you want to be a little prepared or you find some things and you're, you're happy with the number of fire bombs that you have, but you, you don't have enough blunder bombs and you could go to the tinkerer shop and exchange items. That you have for other items so say you wanted a mega keg well that's easy head over to uh one of the forts that's inactive grab four powder kegs grab uh some wood head over to a tinkerer shop give them to the tinkerer and they will in turn give you a mega keg for the supplies that you turned into them so you maybe want some of the ship curses and you want to try and use some of the curses that you have for the uh player curses you bring them you know five curses for players and you have them craft those into two ship curse cannonballs if you want take some uh powder keg and have them break that down into five blunder bombs uh if you want some fire Bring over a chest of rage and uh, powder keg, and have them turn it into a crate of uh, fire bombs. Ways that you can kind of augment what you currently have in the game into different things, so that you can have a little bit more of what you might actually want, and then build that into a reputation. Have them actually unlock stuff for you. So, say if you want to be able to uh, have like a crate of supplies. Well, if you get a certain reputation, then you have access to buying a crate of cannonballs. If you get even higher reputation, you may even be able to buy a storage crate that has some cursed cannonballs in it. If you get even higher reputation, you may even be able to start buying mega kegs. And a lot of people may be thinking, whoa, 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 that is, that is playing the game and using rewards to get even better ways to sink people. I don't know about that. That sounds kind of cheating. That sounds like it might be a little outside of how people should be able to play. Well, they earned it. They earned it. And the reason I bring up that point is because right now there is the Dark Adventures set. A lot of people were playing around with the Dark Adventures uh, weapons and equipment that came to the game. This update brought with us the Dark Adventures livery set and it is a very expensive set. I'm pretty sure it's close to around 36 million gold if you want to buy the entire set. But the one item in the game that has brought up a lot of controversy has actually been the dark adventure sales. And the reason I bring that up is because those sales are unlike any other sales in the game. They are very different and they provide a tactical advantage for some that unlike other ships You cannot get this unless you buy this livery sales. And the reason a lot of people have controversy towards it is because you have to spend 8 million gold to get these sales. But the V shape at the bottom of the sales is much higher in visibility than regular sales, even some of the other sales that have been in the game and the reason a lot of people are saying that they need to lower these or is this cheating is this pay to win things like that is because it provides you with front view of the bowsprit of the ship especially in a galleon you can actually see the harpoons and bowsprit so you can actually tell if there's a rock in front of you without curling the sails which means that you can have full billow going straight forward into the wind and be able to tell if something is coming up ahead of you without having to communicate with your crew or leaving the helm which any good helmsman should know that if you are going to be sailing and you want to have max speed you need to have the ability to get off the helm go downstairs or walk around the helm and take a look and make sure what's going on you don't just stick to the helm any good any good helmsman knows this but not everyone does so these sails provide a tactical advantage for gold. And that is a, that is a very controversial thing at the moment, but let's get into that a little bit more later. Hey there, if you're listening to this, you're probably wondering what I'm going to be talking about this week for the ad. And I have to tell you again, I'm going back to Gamefly to try and save you some money on some really good Games, games that you may not have picked up, maybe you've tried or are looking forward to having new experiences or maybe different experiences. So, of course, over on gayfly.com, if you want to use the affiliate link, you'll help support the podcast in the show notes. But Gamefly has a sale going on right now for used games. If you want to pick up The Witcher 3, the Wild Hunt for $15. Or maybe you want to jump into some Assassin's Creed after trying out Valhalla. Well, you can pick up Odyssey. For 24.99 or origins for 14.99 and maybe you want to try out something that's a little more fun for the family Uh, feel free to jump over and pick up the Spyro Reignited Trilogy for $15. There's plenty of games on there for multiple types of systems. These were just the Xbox One games that I wanted to pull out for the listeners of the show since most of you are playing Sea Thieves on Xbox as well as PC and Steam. So head over to Gamefly.com. Use the affiliate link in the show notes to help give me credit so that your purchases count towards supporting the podcast. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you after this next up on today's docket i wanted to tell you all about the things that you can get in this update things that maybe not necessarily are in the emporium so head over to twitch make sure you're paying close attention to all of the cfe streamers who have twitch drops enabled so you too can pick up the rest of the gilded phoenix cosmetics i believe they are Uh, i think we just got the first three tonight uh should be the fourth and i think we've got one more left so make sure you're heading over there watching 20 minutes of your favorite streamer maybe a new streamer who knows i personally like to head over to my uh my normal asylum so that i can uh take part of the chill atmosphere as he so likes to put it uh but there's plenty of good streamers out there that i can definitely recommend as well uh some fun ones like uh, Kaida rather uh, beard again falcors bearded gamings uh there's gosh nerdy netty uh, a whole bunch a whole bunch out there that are constantly putting in the hard work of making content for people to enjoy so you can get those twitch drops. so thanks for uh supporting them and uh making sure that you uh you you kind of get those drops so you don't lose out on those uh thanks again to big bad pad and the discord for constantly reminding us at uh, 10 a.m gmt 2 a.m pacific coast and 5 a.m east coast to let us know when those have started up again and i did want to let you all know as well since the refresh of the pirate emporium head over there and make sure you are getting your freebie point and laugh emote yes so if you want to point and laugh that is now an emote for free but the one thing that i did want to warn everyone about actually now that i'm on this the reaper's heart equipment bundle came out on the pirate emporium and while it's cool that it finishes up uh some more of the cosmetics that we've gotten especially with the weapons i have to warn you the spyglass is something that you might want to hold off on. Currently, if you look uh, through it, there's a cool little heart, you know, kind of falls in line with the Reaper's Heart aesthetic, but the glass on that is so opaque as far as the view uh, goes. Everything's red, but everything is such a deep shade of red that it is nigh impossible to look through it and see what's going on. Now, compare this to the lens that's actually on the Reaper's Heart eye of reach and it's actually really bad compared to that Uh, the eye of reach has a slight hue so everything is just kind of a little bit of a pinkish with the reaper's heart spyglass that item is definitely much harder especially if you're in the wilds or the roar where the the color tone is much uh, more desaturated than say like the ancient isles or the shores of plenty where it's very vibrant out there so it it kind of contrasts a little bit easier with the reaper's heart uh tone but if you're in those other two zones man it's rough and thanks to caleb who uh helped me out the other night uh sailing around as he was kind of Letting me see from his perspective, since I hadn't picked these up to see exactly what he was talking about when he mentioned this to me. Uh, I had heard a little heard about it um originally, I think, on Asylum's uh s- uh stream. Yeah, he was streaming it. I saw it and I was like, oh, that's rough. And then Caleb and I were talking about it the other night. Uh the reason we were actually together on side note, uh I finally found my skeleton captain. I didn't <laughs> I, I so uh thank you to chris Marlowe for helping me out with this um it's become a lot easier to find my easter egg in the game now um this is something that i've been hunting for well over a year uh it actually came out i believe it was july 17th of 2019 uh i had been hunting for it and hunting for it and people were able to find it and something happened um I'm not really going to go into the details, but as of this update, it should be a lot easier to come across my skeleton captain. So the last few nights, uh, actually I would say the last week when the update came out, I started going out each night and buying and dropping uh, Order of Souls voyages and Pirate Legend uh, voyages. It wasn't until I actually realized that all of the voyages out in the Roar Uh, are offered as skeleton ones instead of a combination of skeleton captains and uh, ghost fleet voyages that I started to really kind of hone in on the the Morrow outpost and um, buy those to be able to drop them and see if I could spawn more captains as opposed to waiting for that refresh and it worked out I actually managed to get a four uh, skeleton voyage over on Devil's Ridge yeah I think it's Devil's Ridge Uh, or no not devil's ridge what is that one that's over there oh that's devil's thirst that's right because McFarlane always said oh i've got the devil's thirst so over on devil's thirst i was i was able to find my skeleton who wasn't captain logan it was just logan but i'll take it anyway and it spawned with mike chapman and i was very happy i was really excited to get a chance to actually see it um i it was about 4 a.m pacific coast time so (laughs) it was kind of Hard to really kind of jump up for joy and stuff because I didn't want to wake the missus because that's just not something you do. You do not disturb the missus when she's sleeping, and you don't do anything that would might rile the cats into excitement because these little gargoyles are crazy, and one of them is a motion sensor. So even if you move by her, she will meow at you, uh, which is really weird. But oh man, it feels good to finally find that dude and confront him. I got the ashen villainous skull from him, and oh god, it was great. I got to record it it's such a relief (laughs) to finally see yourself in game you know um i'm the only i'm the only one that has an easter egg uh that doesn't that is that is just the skeleton captain um some of the other the 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 other deckhands and stuff they got sales and titles and and uh skeletons um other folks get uh, actual pieces of something on like islands. So whether it be like, uh, you know, Rocco's got the, uh, the, the cat and the chicken dance, uh, other people have like, uh, the allegiance ship on the, uh, sea post, uh, the finest sea post. Um, there's, you know, plenty of other ones out there that are either rock paintings or paintings on like forts, uh, little Easter eggs here and there and mine has always been a roaming one. Mine has always been one tied to skeleton captain, something that you have to spawn. So it's never been something that you can go up to Umbra and see like in a tavern and be like, "Hey, you know, this this is part of the the Easter egg uh the the Legends of the Sea updates. Uh there's been no way to be like, "Oh yeah, by the way, Captain Logan actually has an Easter egg." So to finally <laughs> since since July of 2019 uh, I'm not running a contest right now. So I actually got to go out and see it and not have to worry about someone jumping in on my ship, which ironically was the thing that I avoided when I first, uh, found the voyage back in July. Um, I didn't go see my skeleton cause I was running a contest for it and I didn't want anyone to find out what it was, uh, even though I had found it first. So this was just, it was a moment, uh, for me to really kind of just kind of soak it in and take, take in that time. And mm-hmm the reason it's funny because the reason it feels so momentous for me um one you know i had a really good time when it came out it was right on the right around the anniversary of when uh, i hit pirate legend in year 1 back in 2018 but this episode is actually the 3 year episode of the podcast um i've been doing this podcast since february 21st of 2018 uh so this is kind of a big deal for me um I've never you know this is my first podcast I started joining up with the cyberpunk podcast just to help out Tom and and really kind of share my passion about that that uh, genre and that game uh but Sea of Thieves has been kind of where everything started and as a result I've grown my family uh tremendously I don't really have a lot of family in fact I don't have much of a family to begin with i'm pretty estranged from uh the one parent that i have alive and i don't have the other parent they they passed away so as far as like extended relatives and stuff i don't keep in touch with them it's it's my cats and my wife and me and sea of thieves has given me this community oh god this is getting really deep sorry i didn't mean i didn't think it was going to go this route um see Thieves has given me a community and that community has rallied behind the podcast and if it wasn't for the podcast i probably wouldn't have the number of friends that i keep in contact with every day every week every hour and it's strange because i feel bad neglecting others who i haven't kept in contact with because at this point i've had so many people who've just become really good friends to me um people who care about what happens to me and what happens to the podcast and what happens uh with my with my day-to-day life and want to spend time with me. And that something about that just really, really just kind of sticks in my my mind. Um so when I'd been having trouble finding this Easter egg for, you know, a year and a half, I reached out to the devs and bless Chris Marlowe, because that dude has just got a heart of gold and is willing to do just about any for anything for anyone even if he doesn't really know them that well but he was nice enough to look into the issue uh for me and help fix it and gave me an idea of when it was going to be uh cool and should be easier to find and now that it's all all in there and i've, and I've been able to see it it feels like a great way to kind of cap off three years of the podcast and gave me so much life so much enthusiasm for this fourth year as we as we go into the fourth year of sea of thieves this game has just kept growing and growing and growing and the population just really start to realize like how good this game is to the point where even you know people that i didn't think were going to be interested in it have started getting interested in it and it just really surprises me so do you know, it's it's been it's been a slow run for the podcast as I learn everything, as I feel comfortable with everything. Um, the fact that I have a, a a really nice Patreon going, and I have a lot of people that are supporting me in a way that I feel better about than you know when streaming was a lot harder for me to do, just given the time and 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 comfortable nature of that. That I have to say, um, I, it was a weird thing to kind of kind of stumble upon, but thank you to you. Who are listening to those of you you pirates uh you legends i you know i end the podcast with i love you and i look forward to sailing with you on the sea of thieves i wish i had the time to be able to do that with every one of you because all of you have a very interesting story and all of you really seem to care about this game as much as i do and i absolutely love that passion about you um even if i don't know you or don't know you that well maybe you know you don't even necessarily have to speak english well enough or maybe this is helping you learn english but thank you so much for what you're doing and and i and if i had to ask one thing um be positive in the community and and with each other you know take each other out go go sink some ships and then gg those people uh and thank them for that gold um go out there and and you know do whatever you want but make sure that you you're a decent human being to others when you do it and try and keep this community special cuz it, it's it's rare that I kind of have that moment where I can actually sit down and think this is my family and as a result of that I I don't know I don't know how bad it would be if I didn't have that right now uh especially especially given my life circumstances so thank you to you know my real life friends that i that i get to see once in a while uh especially since blizzcon just happened and i didn't get to see anyone this last year and that was such a bummer to realize as i look through old photos and see that um but yeah you who are listening to this and you go out and you sail the seas you you, you mean a lot to me even if we don't know each other you you mean a lot to me keep this company keep this this uh community healthy keep your company close uh keep your crewmates loyal, you know, take care of them and uh make sure you don't you don't lose them to other games uh because you guys didn't you guys had a falling out or something. But uh yeah take care of each other. Sorry. I'm gonna put a break here so I can get get a second jump back into this. All right the podcast is going long as a result of all of that mushy stuff I just went on about. So we need to talk about fishing. Because fishing is a thing, and it's coming back, and boy howdy, they are making an event out of it. How long is this event going to be? Three weeks. It's going to be three weeks long. So February 25th to March 18th, there are going to be four fishing rods as rewards Three of these are going to be the original trade company. So the Order of Souls, the Gold Hoarder, and the Merchant Alliance. The fourth is going to be the Frostbite. That is the one that you're going to get as a result of turning in hordes of fish. Because this event isn't live, I have no clue what you're going to be doing outside of heading over to Lorena and getting voyages to head to different regions of the sea to go fish. Now, from what I could tell based on the event, it looks like it's going to deal with the Roar with the ancient isles and the shores of plenty it doesn't seem like the wilds is included in this which I can't really say I'm really bummed about that but who knows because anything could change when it goes live and uh, I haven't actually seen what it's going to be doing so you'll probably have to go fish up a bunch of different types of fish this is going to help a lot of people who didn't want to focus on the commendations for the hunter's call and to get these uh, fishing rods, it seems like it'll be pretty easy. So we, we, again, we'll find out a little bit later. You'll probably know after uh, the 25th kicks up and we'll probably be getting out there. So I would expect to see a little bit less treasure on ships, uh, probably a little more fish in the barrel or fish in the, uh, what are they called? Storage crates and people hanging out over by sea posts. So keep an eye out for that. And I would just like to say, I think this will help out for a lot of people who want to have some chill sessions. So maybe right now is a good time for you to grab some friends who haven't played the game very much or are just kind of more passive in their play style and have a reason to go chat, go spend some time together, just chatting it up and uh, maybe have a couple beers and uh, or chocolate milk, you know, whatever floats you wrote, I got a glass of chocolate milk in front of me staring at me because it's got link on it and it's really tasty and I have to I'm going to have some hold on be right back. <clears throat> okay, I'm back. So, yeah, uh fishing event goes on for 3 weeks at least 4 weeks, which means that there is uh potentially one more event coming for this and if you're wondering what happened to the champion champions of souls uh cosmetics, those are now in the outposts uh as far as the actual weapons and you can earn those through the commendations for order of souls, I believe. And if I recall correctly, the fishing rants are going to be in the outpost vendors as well, and those two will be locked behind Hunter's Call uh, commendations once the event is over. So if you don't earn the commendations for these, but you still want to get the actual cosmetics, uh, the fishing event is probably going to be the best way to do that. If you have any questions about how to fish, I would actually head over to Sightless Combat Stream. He's a really good fisher, especially for uh his disability of being sightless and the the fact that the man can fish as well as he does uh is just testament to his his abilities his skills um and the ease of use that that fishing brings so head over to sightless combats stream uh he usually streams on sundays um unfortunately it's just a little too early for my sleep schedule and i i've had to bow out um unfortunately i'm trying to work on that but it's really really tough because it's right in the middle of where i'm typically sleeping. Uh, so still really great guy, really really good uh gamer and uh great way to learn how to uh fish and I, w- I still would love to get him into a tournament to actually get some fishing done. But fishing event. Get your uh you, you know what? You got that ruby monarch costume in the uh, plunder pass. I'm sure you did. I'm I'm looking at you. Put that thing on. Get out there. Get a little weird. Go uh go make some weird stories with uh people and uh, stealing their fish because you are the monarch, the Ruby Tail monarch, and it is by your decree that you relieve these fish of these pirates so that you can set them quote unquote free to the hunter's cult for safekeeping. Uh, Go have some fun with that. I wanna see someone do that. Oh, by the way, speaking of accessibility, uh, we got mono audio support for folks who have uh, trouble hearing in one ear. Um, there's now mono support in the accessibility, which, you know, might actually be not too bad of a thing to try out. I would love to understand uh, maybe how that works as far as hearing footsteps and stuff. So, the fact that that's nice uh, or at least an option now is great for those who have trouble hearing. Um, they hopefully won't get snuck up on by people or skeletons with powder kegs because that's still a thing and it still sucks when it happens and you get clever girled out there in the middle of the paradise. Or uh you know, no, what Plunder Valley. Plunder Valley is notorious for sneaky keg skellies. Uh so yeah, that's a thing. Also, I we found out that uh Sea of Thieves has been translated uh and has Japanese language support. And I I, I have to say, if we're gonna be if we're gonna be adding accessibility things here, give me a language support so that I can have uh Japanese voiceover in Sea of Thieves with subtitles because Oh boy howdy, do I want to hear Flame Heart saying his lines in Japanese with a really angry, angry voice, just like uh. you know, I want I want to hear that so much. Rare, please give me a way to listen to Japanese Flame Heart. That's what I want in life right now. Japanese Flame Heart. And oh god, I really, yeah. <laughs> that's all i have to say also can we get some japanese aesthetics you know i was talking with davram a while back and he was talking about a samurai blade now that there's japanese language support can we get some actual japanese uh aesthetics in the game somewhere maybe throw that in the emporium i'll actually drop the cash i promise so yeah some some really interesting things uh i will say that rare took out the ability to use push talk uh in arena kind of a bummer since that was a bit of the only way to work around um talking to people in arena um i think this is still something i would like to have as a stopgap it's a conversation that caleb and i had and he made a solid point that a lot of the people in the forums were trying to let rare know that they did actually want this i know that this is something that they are trying to mitigate the amount of toxicity that is in arena uh but it doesn't it doesn't solve the problem of getting the toxic people out it just gets us it just reduces the amount of volume of tickets that they get for banning people. Um so it's a, it's a delicate balance. I I would love to hear some more reasoning behind that in a forum post maybe, but at the same time I I you know, it's a decision they made and I respect that decision even if I don't necessarily think it was the ba- best way to go. What is the best way to go is to head over to the Pirate Emporium and actually pick up the sales of hope, which if you don't know is our most recent charity sales. This is something that I love when they do the sales of hope uh is the in the charity tab so it's back uh if you haven't seen the trailer for it they're beautiful they're they're purple they look amazing and they have uh, a really great hand holding a heart in it uh with it just a big purple heart it's so pretty I just love it it looks so good and it, and it's one of those ones that I think would actually go with uh some different types of liveries as well so if you're looking to help support the great Ormond street hospital charity with the sales of hope. Those are going to be available for a limited time between February 18th, which is already going to March 17th. So head over to the pirate emporium, please support the charity. We do so well on these. We do amazingly well with these sales and these ones look really good. So you should consider maybe bringing, bringing up that, that old, you know, Microsoft store, dropping a little cash in the steam store. Pick these up, support that charity, please. That's all I'm asking. Hey, you know what? That it's it's a little thing, but it goes a long way and it helps. So that's that's what I wanted did want to share about that. I'm trying to think um the Sunshine and Parrot sets out there. It looks like a normal parrot, which is cool. It looks like Iago, according to Caleb, which that's a you know, that's a choice. He made that choice. Uh I did want to say there is a new bundle available too, as well, over on the uh, Xbox, Microsoft, and Steam stores. The bundle contains the Reaper Heart, uh, Reaper's Heart Cat and rogue tinker weapons along with a thousand ancient coins uh and a twenty-five thousand gold bonus for the the for the from the outpost shop so head over to those stores if you have game pass ultimate you'll get a discount for those um i think that is about it the dark adventurer set is amazing it looks so good it is so saucy and the sales are quite the t- contention so i talked a little bit about that um to be perfectly clear, honestly, I don't care if they're in the game and they look the way they do. Um I still kind of fall back to that 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 feeling that um gosh, I wish I could remember who who had that snarky, who had that spicy take on Twitter. I think it was Naif uh Pacewell had that spicy take on Twitter where they're like a good helmsman doesn't need uh sales like this to be able to see uh, you know, in, in, or if you need, you know, I can't, remember, I'm not going to, I'm butchering it. So uh, no, no, no discredit to Nafe if he was the one that said it, but overall, I'll just say, uh, if, if you have these, you're going to have a visibility advantage. It's got a big, big angle cut out of the bottom of it. So you can actually see the bottom, the front of your bow sprit It's 8 million gold. So it's, uh, it's pretty pricey. I think I've only got like one, 1. 1.2 million now after all was said and done, and I still have a lot more to buy. So I'm going to be out on the seas trying to get gold, because gold, Mr. Powers, is what I desire. And I think that's it. I think, you know what? I'll, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. I'm going to be real honest. I nailed it. I absolutely nailed it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, 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 sorry. Steam friends supports and invites now. So you can actually invite your friends through Steam uh, and have them join the game. That was kind of a big deal for stream or not stream. Oh, I hate that. I steam friends. Uh, are now going to have a little more functionality through their choice of store. I don't know. I don't use my Steam copy all that much. Uh, I just use the Windows copy. But I might switch over to Steam again now that this is fixed because it actually tracks my time. Even though sometimes I don't want to know how much time I spend on the C's because sometimes it kind of scares me and makes me remember that I still haven't opened Mad Max that I bought for five dollars two weeks ago and it's still sitting there like an idiot. I am. And that's going to do it, Pirates. I think that's it. So let's get out of here. Pirates, if you want to get a hold of me, there are plenty of ways to do it. Just head over to Twitter at Captain underscore L-O-G-U-N. Feel free to write an email at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Jump on the Keelhaul Discord server. Hey, by the way, Keelhaul Discord server, uh, all those new Pirates, if you're listening to this, hi, hello, welcome. Thanks for being awesome. Thanks for joining up on the Discord. Uh, Next week should be the community episode. Uh, I think I mentioned that already, actually. Yeah, I think I mentioned that. So that's what to expect next week. Uh, The week after that, who knows? I don't know. You don't know. We'll probably be talking a little bit more about the uh, fishing event and seeing how that's going. But outside of that, Pirates, that's going to do it. So if you have any questions, concerns, comments, we have the Sherpa thing in the Discord. Let the Sherpas know uh, when you can sail and try and schedule with them. If you want to learn more about Sea of Thieves, they'll get you in there. They'll, they'll train you up. Uh, really cool program that has kind of kicked off in the Discord. Other than that, Pirates, thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.
1: podcast spark shows for interesting people check out all the shows at robotsradio.net in a world where solid state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta people never stopped loving atomic powered everything a chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable great war 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart and their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know, play D&D, and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Ameren. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet Synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of
0: January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from.